0: Hi, Jason. Hello, Henrietta. Welcome to the Conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. And uh, we're going to change the temperature a bit for this episode. Um, we've been calling out quite a few things in recent episodes, and we're going to call out things, but from a different angle this time. And that being what is inspiring us in and around the, the industry of fashion right now? And I, I thought it was important to, you know, to go back to, to, to some of those stories, because in many ways, that's why we exist in this business. We exist in this business because um, sensibilities, designers, movements, whatever, has inspired us over the years and have kept us excited about this business. And I think because things have been changing so significantly in recent years to, to an industry that a lot of us don't really recognize anymore, but still yet if you look closely, and you don't even have to look so close, you know, we're seeing with social media now, information is coming at us secondly, minutely. There's a lot of information out there if you are if you want to see, if you want to find it. And I have to say, there is a lot still out there that it's inspiring to me.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, let's not get it twisted. I mean, there's a reason we <laughs> don't work in banking or finance or medicine, <laughs> but it, it is for the love of fashion, it's for the love of the industry. And I think it's always anchored by that. And I think that you could argue that's almost why you get more enraged when these things are happening and you need to come out because you, you fundamentally want the industry to be healthy and to be better for all, especially when you see the way that things feel so unnecessary, like it doesn't need to be like this anymore. And so I think when we have those internal conversations or, you know, it's assumed that, it's anchored by a love of the industry. And I think it's it's interesting, because I feel like sometimes even we forget just from the day to day of, you know, getting stuff off our plates and the tomfoolery that happens, you forget, sometimes it's easy to overlook. But I love that you kind of wanted to talk about this aspect, because there is so much goodness. And it's definitely worth celebrating and championing.
0: One hundred percent, and we're as I said, we're able to see so much more. I got to tell you, I find myself going down the rabbit hole of um, of visionary makeup artists in coming out of Russia. Oftentimes on Instagram, for example, I'm going down. I'm not
1: going to make a joke about how that is probably an attack but that's fine
0: (laughs) okay well (laughs) well I know they know that I love beautiful things it's probably something subliminal that I haven't really processed yet but yet (laughs) I have discovered an unbelievable amount of uh, makeup artists that particularly out of Russia obviously other regions as well but I think that's that's one of the things about this age um, and anchored anchored in inspiration is that you really find your tribe right now you can really Mm -hmm. find your tribe you can find them globally in whatever pockets and that that's incredible. If you're literally zeroing into the sensibility that inspires you from all regions of this globe and people who are your, your people, there's something incredible about that, that information that wasn't as as easily accessible in any other time historically. So I think that that is what I have to say. And I I have to say the examples that I'm going to throw out here in this conversation are, you know, they they largely live in social media. You know, this is where I discovered them. This is where I follow them. And this is where their inspiration continued to, you know, to to bear fruit.
1: A hundred percent. And I I believe that. I, I actually do believe that because even as someone who's definitely straddled, growing up in a non-digital age and coming up in a digital age, just the source for inspiration is endless. And I'm almost like, what did I do before Instagram? I'm like, oh, did I read magazines and look at books and go to the library? Um, but it is, it's just like an infinite source of inspiration that connects you to other things and it reinforces and it broadens and it, it's an amazing instrument to
0: have. And I i have always lived my life. I think I have mentioned that uh, several times in these podcasts is that I've lived my life alternatively. So I'm always, I'm always, Seeking out the alternative, I'm always seeking out uh, the new, and I have to say, there this this new generation is prescribing things to me that was never part of my history and was never even a part of my thinking, and that's those are the inspiring things to me right now. One particular category, and we could just you know we could sort of start delving into the some of the categories are or, or people whatever that inspires us, but one of them is this recycled upcycled world that you find on Instagram, obviously you know, this is a, these are buzzwords and some people are doing it better than others, but I have really zeroed in on two particular feeds. Um, that is Adama even, and then Morphine Online. I happen to know the Morphine Online guys out of Milan. But the things that they're doing with, you know, in terms of that sustainability conversation, they're using dead, reimagining dead stock. They're using, you know, the um, uh, dead, dead stock yarns and things of these kinds and really making new things, Really inspiring new things from the old. Is it all bespoke?
1: I would imagine that there's an individual, uh, there's a bespoke nature to it because no two things are the same, right?
0: Absolutely. There's a total bespoke nature to it. And this is, I'm not saying that this is a solution for sustainability, but in terms of an inspiration for a pending movement, it's incredible. You're really seeing how things, how things that are out there in the world resting dormant, and we're creating and making, manufacturing new things. It's amazing to see how creative people can be about assembling disparate things or like things or whatever the case may be and making something new for the age and you said you mentioned bespoke when they're when they're creating something bespoke like that it doesn't make you want tons of stuff it makes you really appreciate the uniqueness and the individuality of these bespoke pieces and it's almost a prescription for buying less and appreciating things more
1: Right. So I think with that, I wouldn't then discount it as not being necessarily a solution because I think that just that in and of itself to the the sustainability element, the overconsumption element, I think what it does is it solves a couple of problems. There's one, obviously, keeping clothes out of the landfill and not creating new products or using what already exists. And I think if more brands actually did that, that would, be massive actually that would put a massive Huge. dent in this in the problem absolutely but i think just to the bespoke nature of you can create let's say a line of reworked t-shirts but no two t-shirts are the same i think that definitely just from a brand strategy standpoint i think that solves another problem of how do you as a brand feed into an ecosystem or a world that's become or a landscape shall I say that's becoming more interested in things that are niche
0: right so I think that
1: that's actually something that is a really good strategy both from like a brand strategy how do we capture one's desire to function in this world more so as an individual but also like how are we Really being sustainable, and I think if all brands had some sort of reworked, whether it's with their own dead inventory that they don't know how to shift, or whether that's with um, you know customers bringing stuff in and then them reworking and sending out, whatever the mechanisms of that happening is, I think if all brands took that on, I think we can actually solve a lot of what's making us the number two pollutant in the entire world. And that's
0: interesting. You you see it from the brand's perspective. I as well see it from the consumer's perspective. How about consumers now thinking that? In fact, I don't actually have to go to stores to go replenish things that I need in my wardrobe. Let me just learn sewing and let me let me reimagine the things that I already own and talk about being responsible. That's actually really participating you're impacting the manufacturing process so therefore leaving a, you know, a, a better imprint. And things of that kind, I think it can really like you're thinking, you can actually have us reimagine how we consume product, actually, whether we're spending money or whether we're just you know um, working, reworking things on a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. So um, th- that's, that's an interesting element now. Um, I for me the other area one of the other areas that's very interesting to me and I was speaking about the alternative how alternative visuals really capture my attention but particularly in the black space and in the diaspora I have to tell you some of the names and some of the sensibilities Ib Kamara we have done a oh, we have done a, a podcast I adore here, him so much and he, he's a stylist he's an African stylist based in England whose sensibility as and we know that he's with Art and Commerce now his the, the, the fabled agency and it's no surprise and I'm glad to see someone like that has really sort of like ascended the ranks in such a quick fashion because he is really set apart. And in his in his sort of like ecosystem, you know, you have the the Fela Gucci's and the the Desiree Maria and these yeah. these, are, these are these like Artist slash musician slash fashion sort of mashup impresarios that sort of travels the world and the way that they're coloring things right now I just find it fascinating I find it um, difficult to categorize which is a great thing you know it's mixing rock with the R and B with punk and things that we don't and with their African influences wherever the region they may be from I just love this I just love this mashup and. I I think, you know, for for creative kids around the world, I just think looking, particularly in the social media space, you can really see your likeness or things that can really challenge the senses in the best possible way. And those... Those are some very, really, I mean, have you been paying attention as well to the Ian Isaiah? These are, these are, this is like a singer that's under the like Dev Hines umbrella and these kind of, these kind of adversarios and talents that um, I'm not 100% versed, but when I see these things, I'm like, wow, these are visuals that I'm unused to.
1: And it's so good. And I think what you said about the mashup is really interesting because it's, definitely undefinable which i think is magic because it's hard to recreate in this kind of environment where the things that work really well there tends to be a a wave of them and it's it feels really intangible it's not any one thing it's not and any it one really thing speaks to this age of where you know like another buzzword is that it is the kind of intersectionality of it all i think that manifests it perfectly like they are just being themselves, and that doesn't come with labels. So that comes with a freedom to absolutely just let it live.
0: And I and I I have to say I, I can't liken it to another. Maybe maybe the punk movement. Maybe the punk movement. There was a real devil don't care. Is that is a that devil might care attitude? I forget how the, the axiom goes. But.
1: but even with punk, it was very specific. It was like a very specific aesthetic that applied to many people. And the way that this Fair. is, I don't feel like this because even the with the people that you've just mentioned they're all so different from each other
0: exactly oh yeah i i I don't want to fail to mention that one moa lola Oh out of gosh. London. Oh
1: so my gosh! Oh my
0: gosh! I mean, yeah. I, I'm still trying to understand what it is. It has such a it has such a musical element. It's so rock. It's so black. You know, it's like something out of Soweto. You know, meets Birmingham. Meets whatever. I don't. I don't know. But that's what I like. That's the inspiring bit about it. Not knowing exactly what it is and not knowing where, where exactly it's rooted.
1: But speaking of things that um, we're inspired by um, or excited by in fashion. You just reminded me, actually, shout out to Fashion East because, so Lulu Kennedy has been doing Fashion East for must be the last... Like 20 plus years. Yeah, maybe like 15 or so years. She is amazing. And just the way that she's been able to just keep... That's very true. Keep seeing this talent she's been in a way that moves with the times, right? Literally. So it went from, you know, the Giles Deacons and the Kim Joneses and like, you know, all of those types of designers of them, right of through to even a lot of the designers that, um, that we're excited about today. It's really interesting how she's really been able to keep her pulse truly...
0: Well, she stayed really excited. She's really, truly, truly been for the cause. She's a real advocate for creative, for young creatives, particularly. She has not waned in her in her commitment, and enthusiasm at all.
1: And I, and I think. That is a large part of it, obviously, but I think that what I'm really inspired by is her ability to move with the times while staying true to her cause and herself and her eye and her aesthetic. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because obviously what she was doing 10 years ago looks very different to what she was doing Absolutely. even right now, but it, it it has the same energy, that same level of excitement, but she's just able to evolve with the time in a way that is really hard for an individual or a publication or a brand to do because they're so sort of stuck in a in a timer, in a capsule, in a this is what we do type vibe. But no, shout out to her because what fashionists are doing and continue to do is phenomenal. I'm obsessed with it, fashionists.
0: And and, a, a, and an adjacent point, not to Lulu, but to the sort of, to the inspiring talents that we have mentioned in over the course of this podcast, I, I have to give a nod as well to, you know, I just went to Brazil in the last couple of weeks to do a campaign and it was Important for me to work with particular talents, new, fresh talent, and talents of color, if possible. And there is a duo that I've been working down there with, uh, or that I worked down there with, rather, called Marvin. And they are a, a black couple uh, duo. Who it was such an unbelievable experience in that these guys, and they were like in their early twenties, both of them are under 25. But they are their sensibility is very strong, and they have been embraced by the folks of the world and the you know the high-end jewelers and so on and so forth. They're really on, on an ascent. and it was just so great to be having any normal conversation. We're producing a job and these guys are the, the photographers. and just, just to have to have them be sitting in that role. And to, you know, and to not have it seem in any way different. It was just very natural. But as we know, historically, that hasn't really been the case to have like two young black guys on a set, like leading a campaign or shooting for the, you know, for the still the top magazine folk, whatever you may think of it, it's still a top magazine in the world. You know, that's, that's quite fresh. And I know as well...
1: Oh, I've been having the same conversation.
0: With your people.
1: Yeah, I've been having the same conversation. Actually, a model, Georgia Pratt, had said the same thing on set when she was like, this sounds really weird to say. This was actually last year, last summer. She was like, this sounds really weird to say in, in 2018, I've never shot with a female black photographer and actually so like and we, she was talking about Ronan uh, Ronan McKenzie who is a, a friend and a, a great collaborator we work a lot together and I mean she's young she's 24 okay she's right. doing the absolute mess she's so incredibly talented I mean she couldn't take a bad picture and it's really great to see her being taken seriously and she's I mean she's doing she shot the cover of Teen Vogue with Serena Williams she's working with brands like Adidas and Nike. like she's She's a real one and it's really great to see now that young talent is um nurtured and is commanding the respect that they deserve. Absolutely. Especially as absolutely a young creative of colour who is a female. I mean, that's just something that it just wouldn't have happened like even ten years it ago. Just, it just and it's so it was it wasn't happening. It's so inspiring and I think that you know also with youth there is like a level of freedom I think that's quite contagious right so it's really awesome we just did a shoot literally just um a couple weeks ago in Palm Springs California that was just the energy was amazing and everyone it was like a very young cast we worked with Gabriella Creeper-Johnson the amazing stylist and fashion director at Garage Magazine She's young. I mean everyone was literally under thirty. The models Anam who is so sick, I'm like so excited, and Tess McMillan, both both under like twenty-four. And so that energy was really exciting. But then within that, being able to just deviate from the traditional norms of fashion and actually be able to photograph whoever you want I think obviously I'm being specific to what I do working within the size inclusive space um so just being able to shoot an arm and test at the same time both of them are powerhouses both of them beautiful in completely different ways and it just was like an amazing coming together of of like talents. It was actually one of the most electric and inspiring shoots I've ever done, which was also quite unexpected because I think that the, environment which in which how that whole shoot came about was quite stressful but actually being on set and being around them for those two or three days was just incredible it really it really reminded me of why I work so hard to do what right I do. and being
0: able to being able to actually do do it differently if just in the makeup of the team in if just being able to have a different kind of conversation whether it be shorthand or otherwise you know yeah. that's just that's that's different and you know it and you feel it and I've appreciated um, you so do a lot more shoots and that's not my my main my main frame if you will but you know it was amazing to have it seen in such 100%. a hundred
1: percent and I think those things matter because I think people look at the output or look at the models or they look at the brand and I think obviously images are probably one of the most powerful mediums in the world and I think how they come about the teams that grace their presence I think those things are really important and so I do feel like having young creatives, having women of colour, having a diverse team, having, you know, models who are not just a size zero and being able to have diversity, whether it's racially or body shape, body size. I think all of those things impact the way in which we see the world, the way in which people see themselves, the way in which we talk to each other and just that overall like cultural dialogue, not even within the industry but just out in the world and so the people that come together to make these images are, are important and i really stand by that i've always stood by that i used to work at brands where they were like what does it matter who the stylist is or who the makeup artist is or who the photo assistant is do you know what i mean yeah, and them, you know them. someone like ronan's like i would really like to work with a female photo assistant right That's really important to me. And I think all of those things make a difference economically, the way the industry is made up, the way that we treat each other, the way we see things internally and that kind of internal infrastructure, but also how the world views things. And I think all of it's so important. And I know that people think I'm a psycho for this level of detail, but I think it's really inspiring when the right people come together to create magic.
0: Well, I think we've spoken about certainly <laughs> enough that it's inspiring to us. So I, I think a lot of people will appreciate that. You know, we're not always just calling out the more serious um, features of this business, but there is certainly a lot as evidence. And this is a subject that we will absolutely return to because I think it's not to be overlooked at all. We should always take stock in in what that is that's inspiring us because there's tons. And if we if we cease to be inspired, then we might as well cease to exist
1: if we well yeah i mean in, that's really dramatic if we cease to be inspired understand <laughs> wall street
0: <laughs> and on that note we will see you the next time All Right, Ciao.